my name's Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. Um, we are having uh, two different big topics this week. One is natural consequences, and the other is um, cyber safety, specific to sexting. Do you know what sexting is, sweetie? I, I do. It's when people uh, do provocative things on their phone, either with pictures or language. I'm, I know exactly what it is. So we're going to talk about those two things. But first, we have big news. We have a new partner, and it is my friend who has had a dentist practice for a long time. I've known him for like 30 years. His name is John Kelly, and uh, he has a dentist dental practice in Chicago, Illinois, the northwest side. And we're going to be talking. We're, we're going to be partnering up with him for a long time. So I just want to do it in bite-sized pieces. So, so Dr. Kelly is. So, isn't this funny? Now we have two Dr. Kellys. We have Dr. Kelly, our chiropractor, and we have Dr. Kelly, our dentist. And Todd and I have been going to Dr. Kelly, the dentist, for how many years now? You've been going since you were since I was a little kid. His dad. Uh, you know, I've been going to him since I was alive. Well, you've been going to his dad. But his and dad. Then, yeah, because right. he was And a then kid. the business got passed down to his son, John. Yes. So, and now our kids go to Dr. Kelly too. So we have, uh, just like our Dr. Kelly chiropractor, our whole family goes to Dr. Kelly the dentist. So we'll have a lot of real experiences to share with yeah, you. Yeah, and he's not your typical dentist. No. Um, he does the normal stuff like uh, clean cleanings and cavities and all that, but he has a lot more to offer. I, he has a lot. Of information about what really, um, how do I say it, the the source and and alignment with the mouth, you know, which is perfect with Mm -hmm. what we talk about. Um, He's very invested in the research. Mm -hmm. Um, He's very educated in what's new. And so it's not old school dentistry, it's new school dentistry. So we'll have his, the link to his site in our show notes, uh, but the website is chicagodentistonline.com and their phone number is 773-631-6844. So give them a call. And we'll, you'll be hearing much more about him from us over the next few weeks. You didn't say what Zen Parenting was. Zen Parenting Radio, it's a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom, that's you, and a logical and practical dad, that's me. We have three daughters, ages 6, 9, and 11. And our job is to, I don't have it in front of me. What's our job here? Jobs to be cool. Do you not know that what our job is? Our goal is to give you the resources to become, become a better, better parent, parent, but more, more importantly, importantly, a better you. Good job. And the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So here's the topics. Natural consequences and also the whole cyber safety, because I went to a cyber safety talk last week too. So And um, it just so happens that the school that's been in the newspaper for the last couple weeks or maybe just week. I have to be honest and say I didn't read the articles yet because I was getting it firsthand, but it's a school in Batavia, uh, middle school that got in a lot of trouble for sexting, or I shouldn't say the school got in trouble, kids got in trouble. Just so happens our nephew goes to school there. That's right. So we got kind of the inside scoop on what Rotolo uh, Middle School was experiencing. Um, So we will discuss. So let's start with natural consequences, okay. though, because you um, had something happen this morning. I did. But before we jump into that, I want to talk about uh, Todd and I had an experience last week where um, our friend, Dr. Shafali, who many of you know, she wrote The Conscious Parent. She was on um, Oprah's Life class, and Todd and I were um, very thankful that we got invited by Shafali and we got to uh, sit and watch her talk with Oprah, and it was amazing. Um, what we also experienced, though, was sometimes we forget that not everybody's on board with this conscious parenting thing. Um, Some people in the audience, uh, there was kind of a conscious parenting tribe in the audience. And so some people were like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We agree. And there was plenty. There were plenty of people in the audience, though, who don't agree. And when 
I say they don't agree. They were respectful. They about, believe in spanking. They believe in getting whooped because that's how you learn. And they also believe in discipline yep. and um, not natural consequences. But if I didn't get hit, I wouldn't have learned. Mm-hmm. If my I hadn't been afraid of my mom, I would have made poor choices. If my mom didn't yell at me every day, I would have never gone to school. There's a set belief system that they have that that kind of um, either corporal punishment or that kind of negative disciplining style is really what made them who they are. Right. Now, what's interesting is Oprah even said she totally got it. I mean, she understood why people were still thinking that way, as do Todd and I. Mm-hmm. Conscious parenting is a big um, – how do I say this? It's a big picture, meaning you can't jump in in the middle of it and understand. Got to have the foundation. You have to have the foundation and understand what it means. If someone starts feeding you conscious parenting tips before you've even bought into the idea of why it's important to be conscious, then it sounds ridiculous. Yes. It, it, yes. To say to someone, you know what? Don't discipline your kid. That doesn't work. You'd be like, well, well, what do I do? You, yeah, you might as well be speaking in Spanish or some language because it just doesn't connect. It doesn't connect and it feels scary yeah. because it makes you feel out of control. Yeah. And and so interesting because that's the name of Dr. Shivali's second book, Out of Control, Why Discipline Doesn't Work. Right. Um, and but, can you imagine for some of the old school disciplinary parents out there hearing that there's even, there's even a title of a book saying why discipline doesn't work? I mean, it goes against everything that they know. And here's a few reasons why. Number one, if this is true, then maybe the way my parents parented me wasn't the best way. And that's not an easy thing to look at. And when I say that, I don't mean blaming your parents and being angry at them. They did what they had. They used what they had at the time and did the best they could. Anger about that is ridiculous. Meaning why waste your energy on something that's already occurred? It's not about saying they should have done it differently. It's about recognizing that maybe you want to do it differently. And so, but part of that, we get very caught up in my parents did everything right. Number two. No parents do anything. uh, No parents do everything right. How can we? We're human beings. Right, exactly. And we're in our own world, in our own head. So maybe we think we're doing everything right, but what our child needs is different. Right. And that's what self-awareness is, is, is am I conscious of my choices and this person I'm working with? The other thing that parents have to understand or when they start hearing that there is a different way, parents become very, um, what's the word, where they feel... Defensive? Defensive, thank you. Because parenting is a very touchy thing. It's probably very the personal. most... personal. It's like politics or religion. Exactly. It's so personal. And anytime somebody makes a different choice, we become offended because we think that's somehow saying something about our choice. Yeah. And the truth is, is that if it triggers you, it's probably something to look at. You know, anything right. that triggers you where you go, ooh, that... What is that? Well, it's like, don't tell me how to do my job. Right. Yeah. Yet then that same person will call a therapist or doctor and say, my kid's out of control. What do I do? Right. So it's like we have to have that sense of take a deep breath and listen. And not every piece may fit you. You may not understand every level, but having that awakening or that, I won't use that word, that awareness Mm -hmm. that maybe there is another way. And not only is it better for your kid, but it's better for you. You will feel better. When I started teaching or talking about self-awareness or writing about it, the thing I focused on the most is, listen, moms and dads, yes, I will hope to give you a sense of um, being able to parent your children in the best way possible, but you can be happier. Yeah, You don't have to feel the stress. You can take care of yourself. You can practice self-care. So it's not just about your kids. It's about you. It's a big picture. So- 
the reason I bring all this up is because one of the things that Shefali talked about on the show was natural consequences and people just didn't get it. Right. Um, the, and one of the examples she gave, did you want to say something you look like you're- I do. Um, okay. Real quick, and I might be stealing your thunder, but I've said this too many times. You and I have talked to a lot of parents. It's kind of our vocation. And a lot of dads tell me, well, when I was younger, I got spanked and I turned out all right. My response kind of jokingly, but really not jokingly is, are you sure you turned out all right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, could you have been any better? So last week we were listening to Shvali and Oprah talk and there is a group of members from the audience saying exactly that. I was spanked. Here I am. I'm okay. And if I wouldn't have been spanked, I wouldn't be where I am today. So Oprah said, and you know, if, if you determine, we talk about success a lot on this show, but um, I, I don't know how many people would disagree when you say Oprah is a pretty successful woman. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much everything that she tries to do from an outsider standpoint turns to gold. Right. And she said, well, I got whooped by my grandma when I was little, but I'm here to say maybe there could have been a better way. Maybe I didn't turn out as good. And she even admitted. Well, she said, if I hadn't been whooped, maybe my self-worth issues that I've dealt with my whole life wouldn't have been so. So so not everybody knows who Oprah is the way you do. Self-worth issues. A lot of people may be like, what are you talking about? She's worth billions. So what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about, you know. For those of you who you've got to know enough about Oprah to know she's dealt with her weight her mm-hmm. whole life. Right. That for her, that experience was about self-worth. Right. It was about hiding herself. It was about not understanding herself. It was, as she and Bob Green said, making the connection between what was going on with her emotionally and then how that was manifesting physically. Mm-hmm. So weight was one thing. Her own issues about, um, you know, relating mm-hmm her ego issues. Like she had to really kind of have a breakdown of what an ego is and how that, how that shows up in her own life. And also a couple of years, just like five years ago, um, she started dealing with some thyroid issues Mm -hmm. that she was able to connect to stress and to her feeling of being a people pleaser and always being on for others. So those are self-worth issues. So, and I say that because I just thought it was so empowering because, you know, talk about a woman who is quote unquote successful and she is willing to admit. So if she's willing to admit, maybe there was a better way. It tells me that every other person that I come into contact with, including myself, is it's not about being perfect, but can you be a little better? Can you be better tomorrow than who you are today? And maybe instead of saying, can you be better? Because you are already fine. Can your choices be more aware? Can you be more open-minded to a different path? Because you are fine. But when we close down our heart and say, there's only one way, I'm going to do it this way, there's no other way, then we are completely limited in our perspective and in how we can make a shift. So do you want to tell your story about what happened this morning? So anyway, so I I wanted to finish what I was saying about Shefali first. The, The example that she brought up on the show was about how... If a child doesn't get up for school on time, maybe what you need to do is, um, you know, in the morning, that child misses school or that child's going to be late. So you have to be late for work to get them to school at the time that they are willing to go to school and demonstrate what that means to be late, that they have to get a tardy slip, that they have to walk in late. They experience the natural consequences of their choices. And when she was saying things like, maybe you have to take a day off work to get make this happen, people started freaking out and booing. I can't afford that. I can't afford that. 
And what she's trying to say is you don't have to do that every day. If you allow natural consequences to take hold once, Mm -hmm. it makes a shift. I'm not saying the child will never get up late again. I'm saying what we are trying to do is help our children internally understand what happens when they make certain choices. Instead of fear of discipline. And if we keep doing things like yelling and fear and externally motivating them, they never integrate it and make choices based on what's best for them. They make choices on how they won't get in trouble. Yeah, they're trying to avoid punishment. Exactly. So we want to, so to take one day and be a half hour late for work, why is that such a big deal? I mean, it is if you, you know, I understand if someone said that to me and I had to go teach and the class start, I, I get it. But in the big picture and, of parenting. Well, and the big picture is uh, you're getting frustrated. Let's just say that you're getting frustrated with your kid and it starts when they're seven and then all of a sudden they're 17 and you're still frustrated yes. and you keep banging your head against yes. the wall trying the exact same thing. Yes. All we're doing and all Shafali is trying to do is say, let's Try something different. Try something different. And not only does it work better because you're doing the internal integration, you feel better. You maintain the connection and respect with your child. It's this bigger way of looking at it rather than like Todd said, you keep doing the same kind of yelling, disciplined, frustrated. It's all about my kid. So here's the story that I was going to tell is it just so happened that this morning, you know, we all had a long weekend. We had lots of celebrations this weekend. Todd's birthday. 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 You don't have any birthday sound effects? Sure, here we go. That's Jaws. Oh, sorry. Well, isn't that special? It is special. You're special. It is special. special. That's right. It's funny because we watched a little bit of Jaws yesterday, and I don't understand why that... (laughs) I just kind of went nuts with the sound effects today. (laughs) I don't understand why Jaws is scary. (laughs) It doesn't scare me. Really? No. Ferocious. Well, anyway... (laughs) So we had a busy weekend. We all kind of got up a little like, and JC was gone on a sleepover camp out thing. It was just long. So we woke up this morning. We're all kind of straggling a little bit, but at like a couple minutes toward eight, it was time to go. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go get in the car. It's time. That's my new thing. Yeah, I do. I'm gonna get your, I go get bail. in the car. So I'm not going to sit here and yell at you guys. I'm going. Yeah. I know where I need to be at 8.02. Right. So I'm going to go get in the car. So then everyone kind of straggles out. They forget things. They go back and forth. I'm just sitting there. I'm not saying anything. Actually, that's not true. I was saying, guys, it's time to go, but I wasn't mad. Yeah. I was listening to my phone. So... They finally got in the car, and as we were driving, I said, just so you guys know, it's 8.13. Yeah, so and we're when, usually in the car by 8.03. Yeah, right. and I said, so when you get there, you're going to have to really get in. And I said, tomorrow, let's not have a waffle at two minutes to eight, okay? Mm-hmm. Everyone in agreement? And we kind of make a joke about it. Right. So I pull up. Part of my older daughter's job is to walk Skylar to the door just because she's in kindergarten and whatever. So I pulled up. They all got out. I said, I'll wait here. Cameron ran in. Cameron bailed. Yeah, she, because Cameron doesn't, she doesn't want, to, want be to be late. She's a rule follower. <laughs> she is. And JC is walking with Skyler, but Skyler's straggling. Skyler's pulling a little power thing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to walk the slow She's way. doing it according to her plan. She is. And JC is like, come on. So I finally was like, you know what? This isn't fair to JC. So I pulled, I continued to pull up. I said, JC, you go in. Go, run. I said, uh, Skylar, you go up to the door. And she's like, yeah, but I'm alone. I'm like, I will watch you. Like, I'm literally two yeah. steps from her. I'm barely. So she walks up to the door, and guess what? The door is locked. Never happened before for her. For her. It has never happened. So I sat there for a second. She knocked on the door. You know, she's using her tools. I didn't get out right away. Knock, knock, knock. And then she kind of looks in the window, and then she turns around, and I could tell she was upset. So I got out of the car, and I walked toward her, and I said, this is what happens at 8.15. The door is locked. So not like... 
See, see what a bed is. Yeah, right. And that's, that's, it seems small, but that's a big part. That's a huge because part. Because as a parent, we want to say, I am right. You are wrong. I win. Feel bad. I'm feeling good. And we all have that urge. Right. But if we can kind of just roll with that urge. Because the natural consequence isn't, I'm right, see how I need to win. It's see what happens when we get here at 8.15, the door locks. And what was her reaction or physical She was reaction? still kind of crying because she didn't know Are what you to crying? do. Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Or when you're late for school. Well, I thought, I actually right away said, I can't wait to call Todd. Mm -hmm. I didn't enjoy the fact she was upset. It hurt my stomach like it does when my children are upset. But I knew, I was like, this is beautiful. This is beautiful because instead of me having to give a big lecture, here she is experiencing it while in the safety of me being present. Right. Because I didn't have, so I kind of looked her and she pointed to the middle door because there's still a woman with the middle door open. So I was like, okay. So we walked over there and I said, and I said to the teacher, her door is locked. So she, you know, we're over here. And she said, oh, she can come in this door. Now by this time it's 817 yeah. or 818. So I looked at Skylar. She's still kind of crying, but she got her head down. I said, are you okay? And she said, yeah. And she, I could tell she wanted to run in. Like yeah. she realized how late she was. So we're going to get the story today after school, how she felt. But let me tell you something. That experience is going to mean more than my lectures in the morning and in the car because yeah. I did not – I made sure she was safe, but I did not save her. Right. I did not – you know, I, I was kind of out of it. Yeah. It this has, is your deal. This is your deal, and this is and what it's, happens. It's kind of cool that she kind of nonchalantly wasn't uh, do, moving as quickly as her sisters were. Right. So like – if her sisters by, get it. Right. If by chance you guys were late organically and she was hustling and then was late, mm-hmm. that would have been harder. But the fact that she was playing a little power trip, yeah, that made it easier to not say see, but so she could understand the consequences of her own decisions. Yeah, because we did – there was a few things. Because you decide to eat a waffle at five minutes to eight, because she's – I mean, I'm not saying that – it's not okay that she has another waffle, but she's been fed. She's yeah. been eating a long time. And right. there has to be kind of choices in the morning of, okay, now it's time for this. Now it's time for this. And we can say it till we're blue in the face, but she has to understand why. Mm-hmm. And that was just something that we didn't plan. We didn't create because a lot of times what we do is we create situations and we call them natural consequences. Right. And really what that is, is us manipulating a situation. So our kids get in trouble or whatever. Like, do you remember in Arrested Development when that guy, when, uh, George Bluth Sr. always has that guy say, and that's why you leave a note. I don't remember that. <laughs> you don't remember uh-uh. that? Oh, Arrested Development fans, you know what I'm talking about. He would do these things like he would make his kids see like a guy get hit by a car. And then he would like be on the windshield. He'd be like, that's, that's why, why you, you always leave, leave a, a note. note. Okay. Um, you know, those are manipulating scary situations. Right. So our kids learn. And that's not natural. Right. Natural is if you decide to saunter and mm. not kind of hustle, if you decide to eat at eight, if you decide to do things, you will be late and a door will lock. Right. And so, this is what happens. And, and you got to deal with it. And, you know, you never want to walk into a class when everybody's sitting down. That's and, the other thing because her experience wasn't over. Yeah. She still had to walk in the school, walk into her classroom late. It was not over. Right. And I know she can handle it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying she loved it. And I'm not saying that she didn't have a few tears. But that's not fun. And she's six. She can figure this out. She And when she comes home, we'll talk about it. Um, different example. Okay. Same topic. Last week, um, 
not not as intense as her crying, but Cameron forgot her shoes for gym class. Oh, this is a great example. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like we, you know, she's in charge of her own gym shoes for gym class, but we're yeah, kind of out of it. Yeah, she's in third grade, so. And she, um, so she realized she didn't have them, so what she did was she went to the office, had the office, did she call? She called. So she, she asked if she could call. Which is kind of assertive for a third grader. And in, again, this is the part, the self-awareness where understanding your kid is important. JC would have no problem with that. Yeah. Cameron, I'm not saying Cameron has a problem with it. I'm saying Cameron has a little more, it's not about shyness. It's about, she doesn't want to be wrong. Mm -hmm. So is that the right way to say it? She doesn't like that uncomfortableness of making a choice or doing something that she knows wasn't okay. So for her to go into the office and say to someone, can I call my mom, talk to an authority figure, say, can I call my mom? I left my shoes is Huge. Right, because her choices at that point are she could break down and cry. She can not participate in gym class and suffer that embarrassment. She could get mad at us for not reminding her. I mean, there's a lot of different options. She she dealt with it in exactly how an adult would deal with it. I forgot him. So so now here's the thing. As a parent, there's I think there's um, unconscious parents who'd be like, "Sorry, you didn't." Natural consequence. Natural consequence. And instead, we looked at the glasses half full. Hey. She she's dealing with a problem that comes up. We all have problems that come up, and she did it in the best way possible. She's, she used a tool, right? That is not easy to use, right? And a lot of so so of course we, uh, you know, later that morning we dropped the gym shoes off, and she was able to go participate in gym class. I was actually pumped to do it yeah. because I was so. And the point that Todd is trying to make is to stay open and aware enough that, like, when my girls um, have we've gotten to school and they've forgotten a backpack or forgotten something they were supposed to bring to school, my usual response is, guys, that's your responsibility. Just let your teacher know you'll bring it tomorrow. Like, I'm not going to drive back and get it for you because we're already here. Mm -hmm. And that's a natural consequence is you didn't, you know, now I notice that JC's had that experience so many times she puts post-its on her door. That's a great tool. She has learned. So uh, most of the time we don't drive back. But what Todd's saying is Cameron had an experience where she got in school, realized she left something, then used a really big tool for her, called home. And in that case, I'm aware enough to know that's a big deal and that she is making... What's it's not retribution. She is she has figured out a way to get her needs met. I'm going to help. Yeah, she's problem solving, and and we are assisting in it. Now, if it happened like Every we day, we weren't yeah. around and we had to drive 45 minutes to go do it, we then we do wouldn't it. do it. Mm-mm. But it was you know our school's like four minutes away. Big whoop. So when that happened, Todd and I had a big talk about it because that's another natural consequence. Things is sometimes we get too rigid mm-hmm. where we forget that. Natural consequences are wonderful, but that we don't have to be – there's something about parenting where people read books or they get an idea like one, two, three magic or timeouts in their head and then they can't break away from it. Yeah, forget about the book. Read it, incorporate it, forget about it, and hopefully it will become integrated. And and my, my tip would be go with your gut, yeah. meaning if those things are working for you, great, but there's times – when you're like, wait, this doesn't feel right in this situation for these reasons. And like, for example, when I picked up my phone and heard the message from Cameron, I knew right away, I want to help her with this. I want to make this experience successful for her. I want to say something real quick. Uh, You said trust your gut. Yeah. Um, Devil's advocate. Okay. Well, my gut says, I don't want to do that. My gut says, I want to spank my kid. My gut says, I want to yell at my kids. How do you make the differentiation? That's not gut. I, I, and, and again, but I, what if somebody were to say that? Okay, 
the way that I would differentiate between gut and fear Mm -hmm. is that fear is something or worry that you think about constantly and that you're constantly rolling around in your mind. Like say that you can't make a decision about something and you're constantly worried and concerned and you think about it and you keep saying, I can't find my gut. Well, that's because you're worried and concerned and it's in your head and it's something you're thinking about all the time. Gut instinct is instant. Mm -hmm. Instinct. It's, I'm not sure which way to go. I'm going to go left. Mm -hmm. That's a gut instinct. I got that phone call. I wasn't expecting it from Cameron. I knew in my gut in that moment, I want to help her. It's a. It's not something we roll around with for three hours and then say, "Okay, you know." I'm gonna. I'm gonna push back harder because I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But sometimes uh, instinct and reaction can be viewed as the same thing, mm-hmm. and it's not. Sometimes when we react out of anger, that's not gut. No, not at all. So, but I, can we help our listeners understand the difference between reacting and your gut? Okay. Reacting is an emotion Mm -hmm. and a feeling. So if you are feeling anger, if you are feeling frustration and you react from that point, that is not a gut instinct. That is you not having enough space between your feeling and what you're going to react to. You are using the emotion as an excuse to harm Mm -hmm. somebody either verbally or physically. You're saying, I'm so mad, therefore I'm going to yell at you. I'm using this as an excuse. Feeling frustration, being angry, totally normal. We all feel it. But you can feel it and not dump it all over people. You can be angry and make a choice to walk away. You can be so frustrated that you realize this is not a good time to talk. Because what you're trying to do is to not have a reaction based on negativity. Because the truth is who we are. This is the conscious parenting thing where if you don't believe this, it's hard to do anything else. We are good. Yeah. We are heart-centered, compassionate, loving, connected people. When you say we, you're talking about human Everybody, beings. Right. Every, animals, yeah. nature. Yeah. We start from a good place when we're born. Yeah. Emotions and feelings, experiences, those cloud our ability to kind of tap into that better... That, that, that essence. That, that essence. And so then we react from those places and we say, this is who I am. Right. Those are experiences you're having and feelings you're having, but that's not who you are. Right. So I don't believe there is ever a time that being cruel is appropriate, meaning that that is okay. Can we be cruel sometimes because we are in that state of Mm -hmm. reaction? Mm -hmm. Of course. And, but we make amends not only to the person, but to ourselves, because when we hurt somebody else, you know, who hurts the most? Ourselves. Us. Because we are going against our way of no, we know what the better choices. Or even if we don't have a better choice, we know we didn't need to do that. That's the thing is you don't have to say, well, I can't be nice, so I'm going to be mean. Just don't be anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just walk away. Like get your bearings, get grounded, get centered. And then, and then. then. So because if you do that, then you can react from a place of compassion or love. And that doesn't mean that you give in to your kids. Right. Sometimes, you know, you have to help them understand the consequences of their decisions, but it can always be from a place of love. And this is the thing. A Course in Miracles tells us that there's two choices in every situation, love or fear. Mm -hmm. Those are the two choices. No matter what situation you are in, any situation, those are your choices. A lot of times we choose fear Mm -hmm. because we are afraid and we feel like that is, we have to do that for whatever reason. It could be self-worth issues. It could be concern about other people, but we always have an opportunity to choose love. And when we choose love, not only do we fill up on that energy, but we share that energy. And even though the language I'm using sounds really simplistic, and I know it's not always that easy, I can't think of any choice that I make that 
that doesn't require one of those decisions. Right. And you know, one thing that my friend Amy Rogers uh, quote that she gave me when she was here, she was um, on our show talking about working women, and she's an advocate for working women. And one of her things that she said was that fear is not an option. Um, it just so happens that Amy Rogers, um, her father passed away in a plane accident. Mm. And Amy Rogers has to travel internationally. So she wow. is on a plane all the time. And I said to her, how do you manage those emotions? And she said, when I sit down, I say fear is not an option mm. to myself. That first of all, it doesn't help. Number two, it'll take me to places I don't want to go, you know, mentally. And number three, if I can sit and be in this moment, it actually can be quite pleasant. You know, I, can... I sense much fear in you. Yeah. Yoda. That was the new school Yoda. That, that, that wasn't the puppet Yoda. Um, so, so that is, so when she said that to me, I use that now all the time. Like before I send an email, before I, you know, when I get on the road and drive a bunch of kids in my van, all these choices we make during the day, fear is not an option. And what happens when I'm not in fear is I have greater, greater clarity. If you are in fear, you're in worry. Your brain is occupied with what could happen versus being present. So it's all connected. Fear is a path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. That's right, Yodes. Anger, fear, oppression. The dark side are they. The dark side are they. It's okay. funny. You know what Cameron just said to me? She's been watching the third Star Wars a lot lately. She loves it. And she said to me, has Yoda gone to school? <laughs> A lot of school, probably, but it was 800 years ago. And that's the thing I said, honey. He's very wise, but in a different way. And she said he talks wrong. <laughs> I see. Do you I see. understand? Yeah. It was a grammatical yeah, thing. Yeah, it was a grammatical thing. Yeah, he didn't study an English class, <laughs> that Yoda. What if a teacher would have said Yoda? That, that answer is not right. That's right. Yoda, you need to put a period there, oh, right. and you need to change your sentence. That's it for you! All right. <laughs> Um, so we have to hit our second topic, but okay. first I want to talk about our second partner, uh, Dr. Kelly. She's our chiropractor. She adjusts our, everybody in our entire family. She's awesome at what she does. She has a workshop coming up on May 13th, uh, discussing impulse IQ, which is basically the instrument instrument she uses to give us adjustments and, uh, she's learning more about it and she wants to share it with her patients. So that's May 13th at 10, 15 AM. Um, and if you are just interested in, uh, doing a consultation with Dr. Kelly, her number is 630 630- Nine four one eighty seven thirty three. She's based out of here in Elmhurst, but she works with people all over the Chicagoland area. So, give them a call. Cairotree dot com. Um, so next, oh, I want to do a preview of our conversations with people we love. It's a special one for Mother's Day. It is. So um, I need to find the spot though. Can I say who's on our show? Yeah, go ahead and do so that for me. So this Friday, Conversations with People We Love in honor of Mother's Day is with my mom and Todd's mom. That's right. So the four of us sat around and chatted and um, it was really fun. I haven't heard it. We did it like three weeks Here's ago. Here's a preview. That okay. discussion. Oh, we're talking about nursing. <laughs> Here we go. Never came up. Mm-hmm. I, I just assumed that I would nurse because everyone in my family nursed. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We get our favorite, Todd and I, our favorite language is from you and Alan on the breast. On the breast. <laughs> you guys Alan always, always use that phrase. Totally cracks yeah. me up. Well, Alan when Todd like, was on the breast. <laughs> Like you guys never use the term nursing. You no. always say on the breast. We were breastfeeding. We were breastfeeding. Hence on the breast. <laughs> the Ducies across the street, they had six children, and I was nursing Shane. And um, Shane was on the breast. Shane was on the breast. All right. <laughs> Sweetie loves that. 
it's just been part of my life since I had my first child and Todd's dad would always say, is she on the breast? And it just, it was so normal for them and it cracked me up. I know. Um, all right. Phone. I mean, this, this next subject, phones, technology, we talked about sexting in the beginning. It's a huge subject and we're just going to scratch the surface, but our daughter is 10, our daughter's 11, uh, and she's going to go into sixth grade next year. Yeah. Odds are um, she's going to get a phone yeah. for the school year. Mostly. I mean, Todd and I haven't like made a decision when or how or anything yet, but because my daughter's going to be taking a bus, mm-hmm. because she's going to be walking home more often, because she's going to be leaving early in the morning because of Viola, for my – this is for me mm-hmm. – for my sense of feeling connected to her, I would like her to have a phone. And Todd, it's not that you disagreed, but you really kind no, of questioned No, I think where we were pushing back, it's not that I think she should have a phone. First, the, the type of phone is going to be a little bit of a uh, challenge because be she's going to want a good phone. And I am totally like, you know. Todd wants to give her my old razor from Yeah, 10 give her like a ago. flip phone from 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And that's probably my own baggage. I probably need to look inward because yeah. – but, you know, one, it's a money thing. You know, iPhones mm-hmm. are expensive or whatever it is that we end up doing. Um, but more specifically about the access to the phone. Yeah. I know you're right, but your position is when she has this phone, we're going to say whenever we want, give me the phone. I need to look through it. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're going to say? Well, I don't think it'll be that blunt. I think what I've been talking to JC about for years, mm-hmm. this isn't a discussion that will be the first time she's heard this, is that when she gets a phone, it is not her phone it is our phone, meaning we purchased it. She's using it for our family sense of safety and that it does not belong to her. Mm-hmm. It is, And there will be a day, Todd, when maybe when she's 16, 17, if she starts working, where she may buy her own phone. Right. And this will not work. But for now... Well, and I while- think she's going to um, pay a little bit every month towards it, whether it's a dollar or $5 or whatever Yeah, it is. that's up to you. That's yeah. your thing. I'm not so much worried about I that. I want her to have some financial You want her to be invested. A little bit. Yeah. But for me, that is, I feel like, the the easiest way for her to understand why that that phone may be looked at by mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. or that together she can show me. Like, for example, she got a computer this Christmas um, from my aunt and my mom and dad, which is uh, something that they always do for my niece and nephew. It's just uh, something that they do. The point of the computer, as she was told right up front, is for schoolwork. This is going to be where you do your reports, your schoolwork. Of course, you're going to have email and Minecraft. It's We're not saying you can't do that, but we set the stage of why you're getting a computer. I told her, when you're getting email, you don't have permission to give your email address to anybody but family right now, or you need to ask me. And so, and there's been a few people from school that she said, so-and-so wants to connect with me. Fine. And when I'm sitting with her, she'll say, look at this email or look at this, and I'll kind of look through with her and see who's emailing her. So from your perspective, you keep saying, but isn't that like telling her we don't trust her? Exactly. Where I am trying to not tell her I don't trust her. I'm trying to partner with her. And not trying isn't even the right word. The the language and the way I'm presenting it to her in we're, is we're in this together. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to support you as you learn how to do this on your own. Because right now she's still learning. To like give her email and set her free and say, I'm never going to look is ridiculous. Yeah. And I think my problem is not what we're going to do. It's how we're going to present it. Because to me, it feels icky. Like, give me your phone. I don't trust you. I need to look through everything you're doing. 
and that is a struggle for me. I know it's in, I just went to this cyber safety workshop last week that our school put on and, you know, there's some pretty serious things that go on with these kids. So I'm not oblivious to it. I just need a better way of communicating the message to her. But I mean, and I, and I don't mean this, this is going to come out sounding disrespectful, but didn't you just hear everything I just said about, I'm, I've been setting the stage right. for this is not about you. Mm-hmm. This is about us. Right. This is about that we own this phone. This is about when you are getting email, I'm helping you understand how email works. Um, I'm not naive, meaning I know I'm not sitting here saying to everybody, she's going to show me everything and I'm going to catch everything. That that may or may not be true, but what I know for sure is that I'm not going to just set her free right. with a phone. It's kind of like computer. a kid who puts a lock on their door, yes. And you say, "Well, you know, mom, dad, you got to respect my privacy." That that won't fly. That's too far because right. you know what? This is a home. We're a community. Right. We are, and my my job is not to miss not to not trust you and to tell you you don't make good choices but to support Help you guide you guide you as you're learning this and and that's a relationship she and I have now that's right. been something I've been working on since she was born yeah. so she knows I trust her right. meaning that JC makes great choices and when she doesn't my language to her is like sometimes we went through something uh, about a month ago where she was going to the park right across the street by the way it's so close but I said come home at dark mm-hmm. And didn't even give her a watch, just said, come home at dark. And then it would get really dark and I'd have to go outside and kind of wave her home. And I said, honey, we're going to run into a struggle here. I'm saying come home at dark and you're You're not not coming home at dark. And she said, well, come outside with me and see how it doesn't seem that dark outside. And she was right. Mm. Like under the lights of the the park. Well, in your house. You, it looks pitch black. Yeah, it looks because you have your you know your kitchen lights are on and everything else, and you look out the window. So I can totally see it. Me too. Plus your eyes adjust. So yeah, that's exactly. Interesting. And her friends are still there. So I said, "You're right." I mm-hmm. told her she was right. I said, "Well, let's do the let's do your watch instead. Right. Come home at ten to eight right. or quarter to eight. So I'm not always right, right. and I'm not going to go into the yelling well, and, and you're wrong. I mean, what you just said was hugely powerful because I think us as parents, we think that we have to always be right. Or if we're not always going to be right, we have to have the perception that we're always right. And the fact that you just said to her when she made a really valid point, oh my gosh, you're you're right. right." And that is a huge thing that I don't think can be understated. Right. But she still heard what I was trying to say because I heard her. She heard what I was trying to say, like, but look inside and look out at the park and look how dark it is. And she's like, oh my gosh, she couldn't believe how dark it looked. So we kind of, it wasn't, I'm against you. I don't trust you. It's let's have some respectful communication here. So you know, we're on the same page. And then once she wore her little soccer watch that mm. I think Peg got her, she it was done. It was right. easy. So it's the same thing with the phone. And I think as she gets into middle school and she gets into things we don't understand as well, meaning you and I kind of keep up because of our niece and nephew. We know what Snapchat is. You know, we obviously Instagram's been out forever. We're a little bit knowledgeable. Right. She's going to know more than us. Yes, they're always going to be. And we're just going to be trying our best to keep up. Um, the one thing I'll say from the little talk that I was at last week was, um, you know, if there's inappropriate things going on, the police can be called like they did in, at, Rotolo, in our, at our nephew's mm-hmm. school. And if you haven't heard that story, all you have to do is Google Rotolo and sexting and it'll come up. On so there's kids throwing naked pictures themselves back and forth to mm-hmm. boys and girls or whatever. I don't even know what. But the one thing that the officer said that gave this talk at our school was that Snapchat is kind of the... The worst of the worst. The worst of the worst right now, uh, just because all the other ways that the kids communicate with, uh, with each other, the police can get access to it. Mm-hmm. But Snapchat 
cannot. And for those of you who don't know, what happens with Snapchat is you send a picture and you can also write text on it. The person opens it and it's only live for 10 seconds. After 10 seconds, it disappears. Right. And again, there are ways to keep that picture live, meaning you can take a, um, what's it called? Uh, screenshot. A screenshot but of it. They've kind of figured that out too, but there's so many different ways to... Um, that you can get in trouble with this. And um, I just wanted to say that that is something that's information that uh, us as parents need to know that. And plus there was like a whole, don't you need to be a certain age to get the app? And that's the bottom line is something that Todd was hoping that this officer would say at the the talk was a lot of kids are on Facebook and Instagram and, and a lot of things. And you're not supposed to be till you're 13. Right. And so these are 10 year olds. As parents, we have it so easy when there's a law for us. Right. When I say easy, I don't mean that that our kids are never going to look at it. I mean, our st- our We can point, defer to a higher authority. We can. We can say when our kid is 10 or 11 and says, I want to be on Facebook, oh, the law says 13, you got to wait. Done. Right. And they may still look at it here and there. It's not that they won't notice it. It's that, you you know, a lot of parents, the reason they can't hold their ground is because they're not sure what to do. Right. Done deal. Yeah. You got to be 13. So when I hear things like there are 10-year-olds or fifth graders all over Instagram, I don't get that really right. because there is, you know... And maybe they're on their parents and maybe they're using it as their own. I don't know. I don't know either. But it's an easy sell for me with my girls. Yeah, my biggest problem with the officer, he actually did a pretty good job. But I, and it's funny, the people that would show up, there's about 40 or 50 moms and dads, mostly moms, but there's some dads in there too. And they are, uh, they are the choir that are that's getting <laughs> preached to the people that need to hear this are probably the people that would never go to a cyber yeah. safety talk. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted the officer to hold us parents more accountable for what we're allowing our kids to be a part of. Right. Listen, your kid's 10. Now we're changing stories because our nephew is in eighth grade, our daughter's in fifth grade. Right. So we're kind of going back and forth between ages. But, you know, I just think it's uh, crazy that these parents are um, – are allowing this to go right underneath their nose and then they wonder why things are bad. Well, and here's the thing, because Todd's point before in the discussion he and I have been having is how do we, with this phone for JC, um, let her know that we respect her choices and that we trust her and at the same time look at it. One of the things that we have to do with our children is have that talk. Honey, how can you and I have communication with this phone where you're feeling heard Mm -hmm. and you're knowing that, you know, you have some of your own, um, that you're part of this conversation and that we're not just overpowering you and saying you have to do this and we don't trust you. How can we do this in a way where you're feeling seen, heard, and respected? That's a conversation you can have. A lot of parents will say, well, no, because I'm giving them the power. Well, Guess what? <laughs> we either come together and figure this out or someone is going to try and take the power right. and struggle. And if the parent decides I'm going to be the powerful one and overpower you, the child has two choices. Either be completely compliant and do it behind my parents' back or I'm going to rebel against my parents and not listen. Right. And again, there's obviously other options in there too. I don't want to be so severe, but it can so often look that way. Yeah. And so why not collaborate? Mm-hmm. Why not figure out, you know, how can we do this together? And if you want to get on an app or whatever, let's talk about it. Right. Because JC has Spotify. Yeah. And that's kind of an older person thing. Yeah, you get explicit lyrics and stuff like that. Absolutely. That. And she and I, she has playlists and she and she shows me and she actually plays them for us. Like she's the kind of our music coordinator in right. the house. So it's not like, you know, it's not that 
everything is not okay. There are things that I feel she can manage because she's showed me. And it's been kind of a working up process. There's been trust built. So at the same time with natural consequences, going back to our first thing, when kids use things inappropriately, the natural consequences, you showed me you can't use this right now. Right. So you take the phone. Not forever, but right now you're not using this appropriately. So let's work back. Right. So- this is big. It is big. And I know, I, I'm sure that much... we're going to do other shows yeah. on this because the reason we probably haven't done shows on this before is because it's new. Our, well, it's new and our kids were younger. Yeah. And now, you know, as our kids get older, we're experiencing more challenges. Right. And or they're not really even challenges yet. We are being opened up to a new world of experiences. Right. Like Todd and I have to grow ourselves up. Yeah. So we are aware and so we can have real conversations with our daughter who has who we've been trying to create this relationship with where there is a back and forth and knowing you know, being on the same page, yeah. like what we may not know, you know, you don't have to say, well, if she does something wrong, what are we going to do? She hasn't done anything wrong right. yet. Let's cross that bridge. Right. That's gut. Let's take that one second at a time instead of worry about what's going to happen. Right. Because so far, um, you know, to this point, she's only in fifth grade, but it's been slow and steady back. We've had some issues back and forth. Right. But the grand scheme, we haven't had any huge things and it's because we're doing Dealing with things from the as they come, right? Instead of like letting things go, it's like okay, that was a choice that was not okay. Let's deal with it. So, like one time, uh, JC said something to a friend in our presence that was really not so nice, right? And I don't think you confronted her in that moment. That night, we were having a conversation, and she was actually talking about someone else. And I said, by the way, it was a sassy response. I said, by the way, when your friend said blah, 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 and you said blah, 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 I said, I had an emotional response to that. Like, ooh, that didn't sound kind. And she said, that's not what I meant. And I said, I know, but I want you to hear how you sound. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, and she kind of, she had no idea. But present, you know, deal with it right Right then. And I didn't say you are bad or you are mean or why are you being a jerk? I said, did you hear yourself? Okay, we got to move. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Craft, Avid Company, painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. Their uh, website is avidco.net. Their number is 630-956-1800. We got three new customer reviews, uh, listening while fold, folding laundry. Mad Eye and Willie Eraldi all gave us five stars. Thank so, you. Thank you to all you. One, uh, Mad Eye said something nice. Uh, it should also be noted that Kathy and Todd go either way to be loving and inclusive towards all people and their preferred religious beliefs or lack of. Oh, that's one thing. That makes that me was... want to cry. That, oh. that makes me very happy that you noticed that. Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying. No crying. There's Zen no crying in baseball. Or in Zen Parenting Podcast. I just think that's lovely. No, that, because we do make an effort to be inclusive. And you know why? Because everybody should be included. Yeah, that's, that's, it's I, that's what we believe. Pretty it's not normal. to, yeah. So is going to be on. On Super Soul Sunday and Life Class on May 18th. Yeah, we'll so that talk. there's still another week to a go. A week from mm-hmm. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my men's group, so if you live in the Chicagoland area and you're a man and you want to talk about things other than baseball and drinking, um, men's group might be a good thing. We talk <laughs> about real stuff. Not to say sports aren't real, but, you know. Go Blackhawks. Go Hawks. Here come the Hawks, the mighty Blackhawks. I feel like there's more stuff that I wanted to talk about. You kind of well, we're in the middle of the Good Life Retreat. Um, it's already started. Right. So if you're listening to this, you probably can't jump on it now. But, um, you know, these retreats are so awesome and we have such a great group of people. For, so for those of you who are in the retreat. If they listen to it on Tuesday, which is today, 
Yeah. Um, they could probably jump on. Well, they might, if they want to. I mean, it's not like we'll ever say no. Yeah. But, you know, for the, it only goes Monday through Friday. But, it's a five-day retreat. Um, the people who are in this retreat are awesome. Yeah. So excited. We're looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. And you have two books, Self-Aware Parent Part 1 yep. and 2. Yep. So if you're interested in reading a couple of really awesome short reads that Kathy wrote a few years ago, it's awesome. KathyCAdams.com. And Amazon, our Amazon link. So when you do your Amazon shopping, go through ZenParentingRadio.com. There's a box in the lower right-hand side of the website. If you go through that, that will um, help us uh, build money towards BU, which is Mm -hmm. our company. Yeah, we're figuring out ways to get BU to like, we're talking about how to make sure that we can do what we want to do and be financially stable Mm -hmm. while doing it. And so we are being creative with how to bring that money in. That's right. Yes, we are. So um, I'm going to play my little music here. Anything else you want to add? I think that's it. What a lovely discussion. This was good. Thanks, everybody. Have Have a... Jinx. Buy me a Coke. Coke. (laughs) (laughs) He 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 wants to copy what I'm saying. You're copying what I'm saying. Okay. Have a good week, everybody. Adios.